You're listening to Guinea Pig and Green. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Laura. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. Today on the podcast, we're talking about introversion. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hi, Laura. Steph. How are you? Good. We are recording this episode together, which is always such a treat, so we can see each other and, you know, read each other's facial expressions and have a real conversation. And not interrupt each other more. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. So that's good. Facial cues. Woo! (laughs) Facial cues. Speaking of which, (laughs) introverts are good at reading them. So today we're talking about introversion, what it is, why it matters what we can do about it if we are introverts. Um, This is the topic that hits close to home for us because... We're both introverts. Surprise! (laughs) Um, That might actually come as a surprise. Yeah, I think that the act of putting our thoughts out there for everybody to listen to and stuff doesn't seem necessarily introverted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. And I think that there is a common misconception that extroverts are more, you know, they are. They are mm-hmm. tend to be more outgoing and they want to put themselves out there and a podcast seems like you're putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we can also both be pretty loud. We can be both pretty loud. <laughs> but I think that that's why we're doing this podcast is to sort of address some of those misconceptions. Um, introversion and shyness, first of all, are two separate scales. So... You can be a loud introvert who's not shy at all, mm-hmm. or you can be a shy introvert, or I don't know if you could be a shy extrovert, but maybe. That would be a little hard for you. <laughs> that would be really hard. Yeah. But I think that that's an important thing to note, is that um, I think for both of us, if we're comfortable in a social situation for a short amount of time or however much meets our needs, then... Of course, we can be totally outgoing and our personalities are big and um, that has nothing to do with our sort of emotional energy, which is more what Mm -hmm. introversion has to do with. Yeah, and and shyness conversely has a little bit more to do with a social anxiety. Right, Mm -hmm. right. They're less comfortable in social interactions, whereas introverts may be totally comfortable in social interactions, but only for a limited amount of time. Yeah. So let's go into a little bit more what else introversion entails. Um, Generally, it's that. that People tend to define it as where do you get your energy. That's a sort of really easy way to put it, and I think that that often breaks breaks it down for people. So extroverts get their energy from interactions with other people. They feel charged up and revitalized if they have, like, great interactions with lots of different people. They feel great, which... I think introverts, to a certain extent, can have that too. If you have a meaningful interaction with someone, you can come away from it feeling really great about yourself and feeling like you have energy. But the difference is that introverts then will usually need to have a certain amount of time alone to regain something. It's sort of intangible, that something that introverts need to sort of replenish. Mm -hmm. But they can have lots of great social interactions and feel great about them, but then they're definitely going to need to go be alone and not talk to anyone for a while to sort of bring it back up to the level. Yeah, I think it was that definition of 
introversion versus extroversion, the one, the where do you get your energy mm -hmm. that made me start to realize that I'm an introvert. Um, I've always been pretty outgoing. I've always been really talkative. And so I think growing up, I always associated myself as an extrovert. Like, I'm not shy. Right. I, um, but more and more, I've realized that I get a lot of, like, I start to shut down yeah. in large social gatherings. <laughs> like, there, it, there comes to a point where I'm just like, I need to leave here. Yeah. <laughs> and I had, I had no idea what that was until I started reading more about introversion and talking to you more about introversion. And right. I was like, this happens to introverts. This is what's happening to me. Yeah, it's totally real. I think that one of the things that's interesting is that we tend to live in an extrovert's world and I think maybe one of the reasons that you didn't notice it is because growing up, I know at least for me, I would always have my room to retreat to and I wasn't consciously being like, I'm an introvert, time to go be alone. But mm -hmm. when I needed to be alone, I had a space in my house where I could just leave or if I didn't want to like go out with my friends, I could just sort of be like, oh, I'm tired, my mom won't let me go out, I just want to sort of be at mm -hmm. home. Um, and it was only when I got to university residence when I realized, okay, so this is an extrovert's world. I'm in a university <laughs> residence where everyone's expected to talk to each other all the time. The goal is to make as many friends as you can and just be with other people 24-7, which is a great thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's a really cool experience. I'm really glad I had it. But that was when I really consciously started to realize, okay, these are real needs that I have that I've never really consciously noticed before, but I need to take care of these because otherwise I'm going to, like you said, shut down. That is so funny. I, like, I, I think for me, a lot of, when I think back to how I was in high school, it makes so much more sense mm -hmm. now with that lens that I'm introverted. Right. Um, this is funny and also really lame, but <laughs> <laughs> I used to use like hockey practices as a, as an excuse not to go to things. Even mm. when I didn't have hockey practice, I would, like, if I got invited to a party, yeah, I didn't want to go to parties. Right. And it wasn't that I didn't want to see my friends. It's just parties were just not of interest to me. They're overwhelming. So, yeah. Right, so introvert. when I got invited to a party, I would make up right. that I had another obligation. I would use hockey as an excuse yeah. to not have to be outside of my house in the evening. Yeah. Because... To me, that's where I would get my energy at the end of, like, a long uh -huh. school day or a long school week. Yeah, that's so interesting. Because yeah. I de definitely did the same thing. I specifically remember going into the kitchen one time, like, having the phone on hold and being like, Mom, tell me I can't go to this birthday party. And she was like, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> she was never about to do that. But then I was, like, got back on the phone and was like, Oh, my mom says I can't come because I just didn't want to go. And, um... I don't know whether or not that had anything to do with social anxiety. It might have had an element of that, but I think definitely it was me sort of subconsciously being like, I can't handle this right now, or mm -hmm. I just don't want to. Um, I think often for introverts, it's about the quality of interaction over the quantity of interactions. And um, I'm not trying to say that extroverts don't care what kind of interaction they have with people, because that's not true. They want meaningful interactions as well. But I think it's just more important for introverts to have that's why introverts often have fewer friends that they talk to more often or um things like that so going to a random party was not something that was interesting to me it's almost like I wanted to save up and sort of be like no I don't want to do that maybe later I'll do this other 
mm-hmm. book club or something with my friends. No, exactly. It's yeah. uh, how can I get my friends alone away from all these strangers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so that we can have meaningful conversations. Totally. I think one other interesting definition that Susan Cain talks about, um, there are a few resources we're going to include in the show notes, including an amazing episode of Dear Sugar Radio, where they talk about um, a social butterfly who's in love with a hermit crab. That's their analogy. But Susan Cain talks about how introverts' brains are actually more wired for stimulation, which is really interesting sort of physiological level where they can get overwhelmed. I don't know about you, Laura, but for me, I find noise very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's something loud going on, I can find it like extremely irritating. It dwindles that amount of energy I have to deal with other people really quickly. I've just always found it stressful. And Susan Cain says like introverts, just their brains are more reactive to stimuli in their environment. So if they're in a hectic environment, then that, you know, sort of tank of gas, if you will, that Mm -hmm. is the social energy introverts have to deal with other people goes down a lot quicker. Whereas extroverts, their brains are not as reactive to that stimuli. And so they can handle a lot more noise, a lot more people, a lot more action that's going on in their lives. I also think that one is really helpful um, to sort of diagnose yourself if Mm -hmm. you want to. Um, Yeah, so that one can be good too. Yeah, definitely. I am thinking back now to what I will refer to as the night I ruined the Klingon Day concert. (laughs) I think I told you about this. You did. Which was that I like I I very rarely go to concerts. Mm-hmm. I like music, but I rarely go to concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few of us had gone to the Klingon Day concert, and it was super loud. The opening act was really loud, and it was loud for a long time. Klingon yeah. Day ended up going on really late, and by the time they went on, I was just at my like I had just hit a wall. I was right. like. I'm way too, and that's what it was. I was so overstimulated. I'm a small person, so all the people bumping into me mm-hmm. and continuously having different people pass in front of me with the music loud and stuff, yeah. I just completely shut down right. and stopped talking and stopped smiling. And it was, your tank was empty. You didn't my have that was, energy anymore. My tank was empty, and it's funny because at the time I was like, ah, "Snap out of it! You are ruining right. the concert." But I couldn't. And I think that's, I think all introverts have probably had that experience where intellectually we know that we've shut down and we're like, And you're being a jerk. (laughs) Yeah, and you're like, stop being a jerk. Everybody knows you're being a jerk. Please stop being a jerk. And And you can't. I'm just like, I have nothing left. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because it is that, it is that tank. And I think, I don't remember who made this um, analogy, but when you hit that low level, Mm -hmm. it's like you're hangry (laughs) like it's like you know when you get so hungry that you're angry it's like when you get so yeah depleted that that you just can't deal with people anymore that was from um a podcast episode that Ali Lehman and Claire Dean recorded on the on Elise Joy yeah uh and I I don't remember which one of them mentioned it but I think I've never really been able to explain how it feels when I shut down like that until one of them said like oh it feels like when I'm hangry and I was like that's exactly it well it comes on quickly yes and you don't really and suddenly and no one around you seems to like understand like your intense need to have your needs met right well I think that that is one thing that we would mention is that you have to kind of see it as for better or for worse, 
one of your needs that you need to make sure is covered, like mm. thirst, like hunger, like going to the bathroom or sleeping. Like if for for introverts, it really does feel like that. And if we don't pay attention to that and take care of ourselves, then we are going to shut down and we are going to hit the bottom of that tank and just suddenly be jerks to everyone around us because it is exactly like hunger. It's that deep physiological need that suddenly is not being met and suddenly you can't handle it anymore. Yeah. Or as Marie Forleo puts it, when it's time to fly, don't deny. (laughs) (laughs) So she's referring to if she's at an event with friends and she suddenly realizes that she's hit that low level that she needs to just stop pretending that she can come back from it and just get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I would say, you know, if you are an introvert, there may be like a couple of things you can do in that moment. Often, the energy can be related to physical needs as well. So, if you're hungry, that's not going to help. Mm-hmm. So, if you're, you know, depleted and hungry and in an overstimulated environment, you could go to the bathroom and just sit there in the quiet for like 10 minutes and that could maybe boost your level a little bit so you can get through the rest of the night or you can go have a drink or just go have some time where you don't have to talk to anyone. Um, Just doing things to get yourself away from the situation that's clearly diminishing all of your willpower (laughs) and needs um, if you're really in that moment. But there's other things as well that we can do to prepare for those moments. I know in that same podcast you mentioned, I think it's Allie who mentions that she really can't stand as an introvert not knowing what her situation is going to be like when she goes to travel, for instance, um, not knowing what um, is going to be expected of her or where she's going to have to go. Those kinds of things can be stressful for introverts. And so, you know, making sure you kind of know the lay of the land, what's going to be expected of you. Are you going to be able to get away for for a time? You know, are you staying with your sister for a week and you're like, oh gosh, I'm going to be around her family like all this time, which are things we want to do, but are also, you know, overwhelming. So she kind of says, if you know the situation beforehand, you can kind of almost prepare yourself. It can't, it's not infallible. You will reach that point where you're done, but For instance, if you know you're going to spend a big weekend with friends and you're going to be just nonstop socializing, maybe you just make sure you get enough sleep, you make sure you get enough to eat, you are quiet for like three days beforehand, and maybe that can kind of fuel you enough to deal with a social situation again. Yeah, and that reminds me of, was it you I was talking to, because you travel a lot, Mm. and you've also received the question on your blog, as an introvert, how are you traveling so much yeah which I think is an interesting question because I travel alone a lot of the time so I am very often alone when I travel (laughs) um but there are times of course where you know you can't control when you're gonna hit that that level well I mean you kind of can you can kind of predict it you know if you're hanging out with a lot of people that you don't know and it's can be really energizing at first and then you're like okay I've met enough strangers Mm -hmm. for one day um So I think it's just important, even if you're traveling, to realize you're not a different person when you're traveling. You're the exact same person that you are at home. Um, Kind of one of those things about traveling we don't always (laughs) expect, Um, but you're the same. And, um, And just making sure that you take that time. Like, I can't tell you the amount of times that I just go and sit on a park bench for like five hours and just read or just don't talk to anyone. Um, And 
I don't feel lonely, another misconception of um, mm. introversion. We often can spend an absurd amount of time by ourselves and not feel in any way lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably get to a point where we do, um, but we can spend a lot more time by ourselves. So um, I think that's a big one. I think also conserving your energy is really helpful with technology. They talk about that in the um, in the same episode of the Least Gets Crafty podcast about using social media to your advantage and using email to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember them talking about that? Yes. Because they're talking about how it's much easier to sound friendly and excited in an email, but that takes none of your own energy away. You can be like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, it was so great to like blah, blah, blah. And you're just sitting <laughs> in your pajamas like... Okay, I don't... Like, it's not taking any of that energy out of your tank. Um, So I thought that was a really interesting tip to kind of mediate your needs. (laughs) Yeah, and in a similar vein, I think it was also in that episode that they mentioned that having an online presence eliminates the need for a lot of small talk at events because they'll go to events where hopefully people have already learned about them based on like what they've right. been able to put online um, and they're able to skip some of this small talk and go straight into a deeper conversation which introverts tend to thrive on more yeah yeah skipping small talk is huge mm-hmm. I think that small talk can sometimes drain well it does because if you're not having a meaningful interaction for introverts, it's not really doing that much for you, probably. Mm-hmm. So it's just draining without giving you anything back. Yeah. Um, and I do like that tip to sort of, um, when you're at an event, if someone already knows you, then you can just kind of go past it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Also, there's, I think in the Marie Forleo episode that she did with Susan Kane, they talk about networking at events while, yes. we're, while we're on the topic. Uh-huh. Um because networking for introverts can be a really stressful word and it can be a really stressful concept. And yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about what they say? Sure, yeah. So Susan Cain's advice, um, Susan Cain, by the way, wrote a book called Quiet, mm. which has been, it's all about navigating an extrovert's world as an introvert and really, I think, she started this whole discussion that we're now having about introversion and busting myths about introversion, Um, and more and more people are coming out as introverts now that they've read her book. She's amazing. Um, So Susan Cain, who is on um, Marie Forleo's uh, vlog, (laughs) video (laughs) vlog, uh, recommends that for networking events, you go in with the intent of meeting kindred spirits. So meeting people, meeting that one person or those two people that you can form a deep connection with, as opposed to going to a networking event with the intention of giving out all your business cards, because that is exhausting. And that to me sounds miserable. Right. Um, And hard. Miserable and hard and inauthentic. Yeah. Um, Not that I, I think that some extroverts can really make that happen and they can meet somebody once and really form a connection with them. Yeah. But to me, it seems like inauthentic like it just because it well, goes well it would be for us yes yeah. just because it goes against how i like to form relationships with people right. so that idea of going in looking for the one or the two kindred spirits mm-hmm. makes a networking event a lot less intimidating and also i think a lot more exciting yeah. because you can go away with a connection and it feels more liberating to just tell yourself okay go find one meaningful conversation mm-hmm. you're like 
oh, okay, I can do that. That's I, love, a lot I love meaningful conversations. Yeah. I think the idea of quotas can be really helpful for introverts if you're preparing yourself to sort of navigate the extrovert's world. In the episode of Dear Sugar Radio that we talked about, this was something that also Susan Cain was on that episode. She's everywhere. Um, that was something she mentioned is if you're in a relationship with someone who is introverted mm -hmm. and someone who is extroverted, um, sorry, one person of each is in a relationship. <laughs> you're not in a relationship with both. You might be, but anyway, um, the two the two sides are in there. She talks a lot about like quotas, so you can kind of set like okay at the beginning of the season we're gonna just sit down and be like okay we probably have this many event invites let's go to one a month together it's important that you as my partner come with me um obviously this doesn't apply to every relationship but i think it can even be a great thing for introverts to do for themselves whether yeah. or not you have a partner to sort of sit down and say okay i will go to one networking event this year mm -hmm. <laughs> or i will go to two conferences this quarter or whatever it is um, because otherwise we're gonna just sort of look at every invitation and be like oh I should go to it but I really don't want to so I don't think I'm going to and then you just feel bad about it yeah whereas if you have this quota then you know it's two so then every invitation you look at you're like okay well this weekend I'm just not feeling it so I'm not gonna go to this one but this other one I can yeah I can handle and that way you can like look forward to it and you can put all of your sort of energy into networking beforehand like we were saying or um, even if it's not a networking event um, to know that you only have to go to like two cocktail parties with strangers whereas you might have your friends over for dinner every Sunday but if, if you know like you you're like okay I'm trying to make an effort with yeah. this friend group I'm gonna make myself do this like I know both of us well now because you inspired me we both have Aww. like a, a a reminder in our phones to like make plans with friends yeah because otherwise I can just let so much time go by and I'm like ah, I'm fine I'll just like talk to my friends on Skype or I'll just like hang out with my mom like mm -hmm. um, and you just let the time go by so having a quota or having a reminder can be really great for introverts I think yeah and quotas go along with this idea of decision-free living which mm -hmm. has been so interesting to me lately mm -hmm. yeah um, and it's taking all of that you're basically saving all of the energy that you traditionally save on making decisions. So that yes. humming and hawing about whether I should go to this event because I'd feel guilty not going, mm -hmm. but everybody I, my career? everybody I know is going to be there yeah. and I don't want to be a party pooper and stuff. If you haven't reached your quota yet, it's easy to say like, yeah, I can go to this event. I've made right. the intention to. Yeah. And if you have already gone to two events, if, you're, if your quota is two, for example, then you can easily make the decision, no, that's above my quota, and, right. um, and drop that thought spiral yeah, <laughs> in, exactly. in your head. Which takes up so much energy. Yeah. And I think it can be, you know, for introverts, it can seem like a hassle to go through all of these things, and it can be very, you know, to mm -hmm. sort of prepare for a weekend away or to prepare for this interaction. Um, and so we can let those things slip away. But social interactions and meaningful connections are a very important part of life and they're a very important part of a happy life so having that quota or having that reminder even yeah. just to tell yourself this is something I value this is something that is important that I shouldn't just let yeah. you know slip away is is an important thing because we as introverts would probably happily just sit home and read a book and just not meet up with our friends I'm mm -hmm. totally guilty of doing that way more than I should yeah. um, in my life 
So I think that that's huge. So I actually already sort of do the inverse of that mm. unconsciously. Um, I have my one, everybody has like a digital calendar where they keep right. all of their engagements and stuff. And whenever I'm making plans with people, I usually just do a quick scan of my calendar to see what weeks I still have enough days that I could have alone time to myself. Mm, yeah, that's great. So if there's a week where I only have like one evening to myself, I usually don't book up that evening because yeah. I know that I will feel mad at the end of the week. Right, and burned out as well. Yeah. Because it's, like we said, a real need. So if you are just pushing yourself every day to go through with it and go and meet people and blah, 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 then you are going to feel totally burned mm -hmm. out and tired and exhausted and you'll have nothing left to give to anyone else. Um, I think that sort of, we did this psychology today quiz mm -hmm. and, um, our results were kind of funny. It was out of a hundred, the score, and it was sort of, I think your social ability, sociability, yeah. socializing, the amount of socializing that you are predicted it's, to yeah, do. Sociability. Sociability. Um, and Laura got 42 out of a hundred on sociability. And I got 32 out of a hundred. And then we, there was also a scale for need for space, and you got, what did you get? I got 86 out of 100 for need for space. And I got like 91 out of 100. So that's interesting too, that it's two different scales. Like maybe, you know, you, it's th I guess three, yeah. shyness, introversion, extroversion, and need for space, because maybe you could be um, not that introverted, but you need a lot of space. So. I don't know. I think it's interesting to sort of think about those things. And I love that you sort of work that into your calendar as well, that you can sort of predict when you're going to need have space. space or when you're going to need space. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. Um, I really liked taking the quiz because mm. it made me realize how many extroverted versus introverted qualities I do have. Right. So for a lot of questions, like the questions <clears throat> that asked uh, things like, how, how likely are you to take risks? Mm. I consider myself fairly likely to take risks, mm. um, maybe more so than the average person, but I wasn't always like that. Right. Um, in high school, I took no risks. In university, I took also very few risks, and I'm pretty sure it took an entire yoga teacher training mm. to teach me that I should be taking these risks, and now it comes much more easily to me than it ever has. So I have a lot of extrovert tendencies where I was like, yes, definitely, I can think of like a million risks that I've taken lately that I considered risks and that I wouldn't have taken like years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I started going through it and I was like, this is really strange. I almost think that I'm going to come out the other end of this quiz and they're going to be like, you're an extrovert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, no, I'm not. Um, until they hit the questions, the need for space questions mm -hmm. that they don't title that way. But right. all of a sudden I'm reading questions like, are you at a party? And all of a sudden you hit your wall. And I was like, yeah. absolutely. Like yeah. there isn't a high enough number on this scale to express how much I need that space in that moment. Um, so yeah, I, I liked that they expressed both numbers at the end of the quiz because I think that it gave a more holistic sense for who I am as an introvert mm -hmm. where, um, I can be pretty sociable. Uh, it said like you are comfortable in groups and mm -hmm. that's true. I am comfortable in groups to an extent. Yeah. It's the need for space. Um, that really right. tips me over the right. introverted. I mean, not edge. that 42 is that high, but I mean, 42 <laughs> for an is introvert, like pretty close to 50. <laughs> so almost halfway to completely yeah, social. Yeah, I'm like in the middle of the scale. <laughs> no, I, 
<laughs> if 100 is very sociable. It's not a test. Zero. No, no, no I'm not sliding, saying one is better than the other. It's a sliding scale. Yeah, um, but you're still 40s, low 40s. Yes, I'm like just under the halfway point of like introvert, extrovert. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're saying the same thing. Um, I think what's one of the things that is interesting of what you're saying, though, is kind of like just because you're an introvert does not mean like that's your destiny. I mean, you mentioned it's not like a prescription for how you have to live your life. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned how people always ask me how I travel so much alone if I'm an introvert. And I think they're getting introversion confused with shyness again. But also, um, you know, introverts do like to be home and have their routines and have their schedules mm-hmm. and traveling or going abroad was active, were active choices that I made um, to kind of flip the script because just because I'm introverted and I have these needs doesn't mean there aren't creative ways that I can meet them and doesn't mean that I don't want to do these other things as well so you mentioned like now you've sort of trained yourself to be better at taking risks and I think that that's what I have done as as well Um, so don't think that we're saying that just because you're introverted you just need to learn how to take care of those needs and never Mm -hmm. stray from that path it's more about being creative about how you meet those needs and finding ways to meet them even if you're in new situations you can still push yourself um just know that like I said when you're traveling or whenever you're taking a risk you're still the same person that's still going to need to have the same space or whatever it is that you need um but that it's not a prescription for how you have to live your life which is really great yeah yeah so I love that as well. Um, and I think it's cool that you mentioned, you know, Susan Cain and she started this movement. I just want to add in one thing at, um, at the end here. I was um, in New York last week and one of my friends is working as an assistant teacher at a charter school. And one of the things they're introducing into their school is responsive education. And one of the main tenets of that is there's a corner of the classroom. I forget what they call it. Um where a kid, if they're feeling overwhelmed or stressed out or just anything, and they want to go be alone, they can just go to the corner and sit Mm -hmm. in the corner for as long as they want. No attention is drawn to it. They do a sort of training at the beginning of the school year to sort of, you know, the kid gets tapped on the shoulder, they go to the the corner, they stay as long as they want, they come back, the teacher doesn't say anything um, while they go or when they come back. And so that way they learn that anytime they're feeling stressed out, they can sort of self-medicate. You yeah. know, they can um, cope. They can go to this area of the classroom. They can bring all their work with them. They can sit there and do their work. And when they feel ready, when they feel calm, they can come back. And, you know, she says it's working, like, extremely well, especially since she's working with kids who have real, real, yeah. real problems. They come from bad neighborhoods, horrible families, all of these things, not all of them, but you know, some mm-hmm. of them have real issues. And for these kids to be learning early on, especially if they're introverted, that if they don't feel like doing group work in the classroom, they can go sit alone and do their own work. Like, how I wish I could have had that get out of jail free card. I hate group work mm-hmm. with every fiber of my being. <laughs> um, and that it works really well, she says, for them. Like, they don't abuse it, they use it to really cope with yeah. what's going on for them. And then they can go rejoin the class when they want to. Mm-hmm. And what what an innovation that is for incorporating introverts. Like, extroverts may never need to use that. But for the kids in the classroom that don't get to sort of be alone when they want to, yeah, that's amazing. You know, I, I remember times, and she, you know, she had a, a kid who would, like, just go to the bathroom and she can see him sort of, like, Hanging he's not, out. Yeah, he's not doing anything in there because 
because she has to accompany him to the bathroom or whatever. Um, he's not doing anything. He's not doing any business. He just needs to be alone in a space yeah. where nothing is happening and it's quiet. I love, and yeah, I love how that. great is that, you know, that they're allowing kids to do that? So I just think it's wonderful that it's sort of infiltrating and that there's going to be ways to incorporate both sides. Because we're not saying extroversion is bad either, but it just needs, there needs to be room for both in every, in every what situation every workplace totally yeah. yeah the open concept doesn't work for most extroverts <laughs> <laughs> open concept offices where everyone's like stopping by to like talk to you um yeah so we're clearly very passionate about this topic oh my gosh I feel like I have so much more to say but <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe one day we can do a second part to the episode but um hopefully this sort of cleared up for some people, if they weren't sure what introversion or extroversion was, or if you are an introvert, how you can kind of protect yourself. <laughs> it sounds so dramatic, but I mean, it's real. No, it's true. It's how do you meet your needs? Yeah, exactly. Uh, with a deeper understanding of what those needs actually are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like that you told the story at the beginning about how you would feel this shutting down, but you didn't know what it was. Often just having a name for it or having an explanation for it can Oh, I be thought so I had helpful. a problem. Yeah. I thought I was just, like, a terrible person. Yeah, you're just a jerk. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> when, you, when you feel like... Well, yeah, we think that there must be something wrong with us, but... And I'm, I'm such a positive person to mm-hmm. have to go through that internal dialogue of, like, okay, just be more positive. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and it not working. Well, yeah, because it, it's, like you said, just a need, like, sleep. Yeah. I mean, we've all been overtired and look mm-hmm. what happened. So just having a name for it or having a diagnosis can be really great for us to move forward because it's not about changing ourselves. It's just about like, okay, how do we deal with this thing that is just how we are? Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Anyway, <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Green Guinea Pigs. Yeah, we're always posting lots of great links and pictures of delicious food so if you're into either of those things join us um and we'll be back two weeks from now with another episode (laughs) bye hey everyone it's steph if you liked what you heard today then consider subscribing to us on itunes and while you're there you can leave us a rating and a comment on our page we would absolutely love to hear from you thanks for listening